isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey guys, before we get started today, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Tiny Survival Guide and Card. These are two fantastic resources to keep with you at all times. And best of all, you can go over to Kickstarter right now to get yours first before they go live to the general public. Simply search Tiny Survival Guide over on kickstarter.com or click the link in the description below. Killip began struggling up another steep and rocky slope. It was actually Teratoma Mountain, a 12,718-foot peak. But before he could get himself rim-rocked, a storm blew in and forced him back down toward the trees. He felt woozy. He felt strange. He knew he was in serious trouble, but there didn't seem to be anything he could do about it. He passed out with one arm slung around a tree trunk to help himself from sliding down the steep rock. It was past midnight when he awoke, wet and shaking uncontrollably. He looked around. The world was strange. Everything was white. After a moment, he realized what he was seeing. Hailstones covered the ground to a depth of 12 inches. He had slept through a big storm. When he'd set out on August 8th, Kilp had been healthy, competent, well-equipped hiker. His pack contained everything he needed to survive at least a week in the wild. Now, just over two days after taking a wrong turn off the Continental Divide, he was huddled on an icy mountainside, exhausted, hungry, badly dehydrated, injured, and dangerously hypothermic. What had begun as a small error in navigation had progressed, step by innocent step, to a grim struggle survival. As Cybertook put it, if they do not totally exhaust or injure themselves during the outright panic, they may eventually get a grip on themselves and decide on some plan of action. What they decide to do may appear irrational to a calm observer, but does not seem nearly so unreasonable to the lost person who is now totally disoriented. Generally, they would be wiser and safer to stay put and get as comfortable and as warm as possible, but may feel compelled to push on, urged by subconscious feelings. Urged on by the frustrating task that his unconscious brain activity had been trying to compete for so long now without success. This man's main task to map the self, map the environment, and keep them to a harmonious balance. Without the balance, the man dies. So the research shows that search and rescue experts conduct systematic research on the behavior of people who become lost in the wilderness. In lost person behavior, it is written, they tend to panic Quote, panic usually implies tearing down or thrashing through the brush, but in its earlier stages, it is less frantic. It all starts when they look about and find that a supposedly familiar location now appears totally strange, or when they start to realize that it had seemed to be taking longer to reach a particular place than they had expected. There is a tendency to hurry to find the right place. Maybe it's just over the ridge. End quote. So guys and gals, what I just read there and David and I are going to discuss is a section. If you pick this book up, it's going to be pages two, uh, 155 through 161 of Deep Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. Who lives, who dies, and why? 
this book was is it, it was foundational in the development of my school, Nature Reliance School, when we started teaching. When I started teaching, I felt it was imperative that we begin to study the literal psychology of survival and what people go through in their mind and find solutions to help them with that. And this book was huge in helping me with that. You you probably heard some common themes of stay put. Uh, if you think you're looking at a ridge and you're not comfortable with it, then then stop. Don't continue to get yourself more lost. These are all things that David and I talk about all the time. But what I thought I'd do today is take some points from Gonzalez's work here. Again, this book is called Deep Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. We'll have a link in the description below. What he did uh, very kindly in the back of the book in the appendix is wrote down several points that summarize the whole book. So what I thought I'd do is I'd lead a discussion in those points and see what comes up from them. So does that sound good to you, David? Yeah, man, that sounds great. So this is what uh, Mr. Gonzalez calls the Gonzalez Rules of Adventure. Number one is perceive, believe, and then act. So what do you want me to run with this, Dave, or do you, you have some immediate thoughts you want to share? I think I'd like you to maybe explain that to all of us, kind of where, where he's getting to with that, and then we can springboard off of that. Everybody that's listening, just be advised, I kind of spring these on David as a surprise, and which is a good thing because uh, he doesn't give much time to process, and I think that is incredibly valuable training for him and for us as well. I've had the benefit of reading this book through about 10, 11 times, so I have that that great benefit. So this is good for you all to consider the things that we bring up. But what, what Gonzalez means here is perceive, believe, then act is you want to look at a situation and actually pay attention to it uh, in tracking what I utilize the terms I utilize, uh, usually use are a lot of people like to look at things but very few people see things same thing for survival pay attention to what's going on around you it's just good solid such good solid situational awareness believe of what you're seeing even if it's something that you don't like Meaning if you see that, hey, I'm on a ridge that I'm unfamiliar with, believe it, recognize it, be okay with that, and then act upon that mindset. Meaning it might be the best thing to just sit down. But typically what we do is we look at a situation, we make that situation what we want it to be. That's what's called normalcy bias. And then we continue to believe upon what is going on there and continue to make it a, a better situation when we're probably making it worse when we're acting upon it. So your thoughts, David? Yeah, the thing that I thought of here was that we talk about, and, and you've really established this for me as far as a really, really good baseline to start with mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. The story was about, I believe his name was Killip. Yeah, K I L L I P is a gentleman's name. The other name that I reference in here is Cyrotuck. And I really have no idea if I'm saying that right, but that is the researcher that uh, did a lot of research on the psychology of survival. So both of those people were referenced in this passage that I read. Gotcha. And and from what we heard here, it seems like Killip was ex experienced what he does. The issue that comes up here is the fact that he was experienced, but the most important thing that he has, and, and we've talked about this in, in various different contexts, is that his mind is the most important thing in his mindset. He was just completely disoriented. And so his perceptions and belief and action were skewed other than what he was used to. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Okay. But, yeah, you know, protecting your mindset and then I think when we get on through some of these other bullet points, if I'm reading this correct, we're going to get into some STOPA and also some critical rule of threes here. How do you get, 
how do you get from a point of complete disorientation uh, and hopefully to a point where your mind is actually functioning in a fashion so you can perceive and believe and act? Yeah, I think that's a good segue into point number two here. And again, these are Gonzalez's points, not mine. They're just Oh man, they're great. And they're great ways of dwindling down a whole book for a 15 minute discussion here. But his second point was avoid impulsive behavior and don't hurry. So that gets a lot of people in trouble. You know, jokingly here in Kentucky, I say stuff like, Hey, hold my beer, watch this kind of thing. That gets a lot of people in trouble in rural America. Right. Mm-hmm. But right. Uh, that, in all seriousness, you know, I have a bullet point on a PowerPoint that I share with a lot of people that that's called don't follow the idiot. If you recognize that somebody's doing that impulsive behavior, that's the person that's going to get <laughs> you in trouble. And you, you don't want to follow that person in the woods. That person does not need to be the leader of the group. One of the great naturalists, John Muir, talks about he doesn't like to go hiking. He likes to saunter through the woods. <laughs> and I, especially now that I'm getting older, I, I really appreciate that. You don't want to get in a hurry. You see more stuff. In the context of the story, the impulsive behavior can come just because he hasn't reestablished a, a stable mindset. And and I think this really takes us into uh, at least the beginning part of Stopa, Craig, in survival mindset. And we we talked about this before. We cover this in the tiny survival guide. Guys get that. And uh, do you want to just step us through whatever you think is relevant in Stopa that can help us get to a a baseline as far as a a good mind, a good place in our mind? All of Stopa is good here. Every bit of it. Stop, think, observe, plan, and actively stay alive. Uh, he he actually had stopped because he basically passed out. And then when he woke, think about it this way. You put yourself in that situation. Everybody listen, put yourself in that situation. And you wake up from that unconscious state that he was in. And you're in, I mean, I've never in my life seen 12 inches of hail. I mean, I can't imagine being surrounded by 12. In, I mean, he would have been covered in hail. No wonder he was hypothermic. So it would be really quick to be impulsive and just get up and start going. And that might not have been the best solution. Uh, you know, I wasn't there. I couldn't see the the area. So it's difficult for me to say exactly what I would have done or what I should have done. But getting impulsive and just running and going somewhere else was not going to be the way to go. Number three, know your stuff. And that sounds like a David thing to say all day long. Know your stuff. Yeah, I think you just need to know your limits. And uh, and again, with these stories, I'm assuming this is a, a a real life story. We are not we are not here to hack on people and 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 criticize that because I, I hear this story and I don't know who he told or or any of his alternative plans. I don't know the end of the story, how he got out of the situation or anything. So I'm not being critical. Well, he lived and he told the story. And this is one of the things that I love people like this. And we we talk about this all the time too on the show is people sharing their mistakes and, and their failures. And we can all learn from them. That's why, again, I love my Facebook group that I have on, on uh, Facebook because we talk about stuff. Hey man, I went out and my hands got cold. Mm -hmm. What what kind of gloves should I get? You know, that kind of stuff. And just being cognizant of what your skill set is and egoless enough to recognize that some things are outside the scope of your abilities and not trying to get into them without help is, is incredibly important. Mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. Know your stuff. There you go. And uh, have a backup plan. Next, and I paraphrase this one a little bit, but it's basically get information from locals. If you're going into an unfamiliar area, uh, you can oftentimes stop at a convenience store driving in and 
and ask questions. And locals will tell you things about different wildlife, whether people get lost in certain sections. Like there's one section that I know my buddy, Tracy Trimble, they, uh, I can't even remember what statistic he, he told me, but there's one spot because of a, a funky sign that's out there that people get lost all the time. And it's a large percentage of who they have to go rescue. And if they had, if people that were strange to the area just talked to somebody local, they would know, hey, when you get to the top of Osborne Bend, there's a trail out there that turns and you want to make sure you get that trail and stay on it instead of going off on the wrong one, then they most likely would not have done that. Yeah, if you're going into a wilderness area, a lot of wilderness areas these days have outfitters. Even even locally here, we live in a kind of an area that they call Pennsylvania's vacation land, but we do have a couple of outfitters that are uh, down by the river that there's some really nice rapids down there. You go in there and you just open a conversation and, and just ask, ask the question. And nine times out of 10, these people are going to, those folks, local folks and folks at the outfitters, especially they know these wilderness areas really, really well. And not only just for information. I have to ask, do they live in a van down there? <laughs> Some of them might. <laughs> live in a van down by the river. Oh, sorry. I could not resist. You You set that one up for me to knock that one out of the park. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry. 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 David's in a serious discussion and I'm, I'm doing the Chris Farley thing over here. My bad, guys. My bad. <laughs> Another thing talking to the locals is going to do for you, not not just for strictly information, but trust me on this, it's going to make your experience so much more positive and enjoyable. You're going to probably find out about some things that tourists don't know about and in general, and nine times out of 10, you're just going to have a fantastic, much more fantastic experience. You're going to be going the right way on the trail. You're going to get the most out of your hike or your your paddle. And uh, so definitely do that. Talk to the locals. All right. So next is one that he calls commune with the dead. And that's just a, a fancy way of saying, pay attention to how people have had struggles, how people have died in a wilderness or a mountainside or going down a rapid and pay attention to it and don't ignore it. There's areas of the world where people, and this book is basically more of an adventure travel book. Like, Hey, I want to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I've never been to Africa, for example. And so this, this is where you, you've got to talk to those local people. But it, it, it very well happens here, wherever you are, whether you're in Pennsylvania, Missouri, Kentucky, Florida, California, wherever you might be. You know, there's a spot in the Red River Gorge where people fall on a regular basis because they do stupid stuff. They follow that idiot again that I was talking about. And it's, it's incredibly sad because, I mean, a lot of people have died there. And people, number one, they follow the idiot. And number two, they don't talk to the locals and they, and, and they pay the price for it. So where people die, you should know about it and avoid the things that they did to die. Yeah, so one more thing on this, Craig. I call it don't pay the stupid tax, right? Somebody's gone before you and they have paid, <laughs> the, they have paid the stupid tax already. And un- <laughs> like unfortunately, <laughs> I've never heard you say that before. I like that. All right, I'm stealing that. I've got a million of them, Craig. <laughs> stealing that one. Okay. So here's the deal. We as people, we just tend to think that we know more than we know oftentimes, and we just want to do things our own way, right? But there's somebody out there who's already who's already been there. They've already done that. Seek those people out and learn from them. Listen, like really listen. Now, some people are going to be negative, right? They're going to say, oh, you don't want to do that. That's fine. It's just like an Amazon review, right? 
You take the best one, you take the worst one, and you throw those out, and you shoot somewhere for the middle, and and you're gonna have, uh, you know, you're gonna save yourself a lot of pain. Don't pay the stupid tax. Right, I like it. All right, next then is be humble. Sometimes people say humble, but humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, humility is a big thing. Uh, just be in control of your ego. Be uh, be a person that that doesn't speak and and boast about your skill set doesn't boast about who you are, what you can do. Cause that person's always the one that's going to fall down the rock. I mean, it's, it's going to be the person that, that fails miserably at some point in time. So just be very, just have a very humble approach when you're going about spending time in adventure, even if it's a day hike. I just want to speak to this for people and, and just encourage you. You know what? Be comfortable in your own skin. You don't have to impress people, right? Find your identity and just your intrinsic, you know, nature, your your value. You know, just watch out for pride, right? Pride's, I don't know if it, what is it? Pride's the root of all evil or something like that, right? So uh, we've all got that problem and we all uh, kind of get into a false notion that we're, we know more or we're better than, uh, than we are, but you don't have to live there. Just just be real, right? People are looking for authenticity. Just live that. Last but not least, when in doubt, bail out. That's what he was saying. Oh, is his last point. yeah. Rule of I threes, think. man, or a critical rule of threes. You want to go through that? I think that really hits it right here. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to suggest that. I'm glad you did. Critical rule of threes is when you see three anomalies to any situation, you've got to change what you're doing or you're going to have problems. Uh, it, it it was born out of the what's referred to as the combat rule of threes on the battlefield. If, if you're in three predicaments and three bad things, you're probably going to die on the battlefield. So you've got to change what you're doing. You've got to do something different or you're going to die. No different for adventure, no different for an average ordinary hike. Uh, one instance of an average ordinary hike is I go hiking. Oop, I forgot to look at the weather and now it's raining. I didn't expect it to. Oop, I didn't bring my rain jacket. And number three, oop, the creek that I had, that I'm getting ready to cross is possibly going to get swollen. No, that's when you stop. You don't keep going, oh, man, I'm going to go through the water and I'll, I'll be all right. Everything's going to be fine. I'll get wet, but I'll tough it out. I'm a tough dude. That's that's how you get in trouble, and you get in trouble quick. So when in doubt, bail out. Stop. Do something else. My wife and I did this the other day. We went out to do some video work, actually, and we had something planned, and it was just too cold to do it. And not only did uh, was it too cold for the technological equipment that we had, it was just, everything was freezing, it was just in a position where we didn't need to be too far off the road. Uh, and so we just went somewhere else and did something different. Just went in doubt. We bailed out. And Craig, this I just want to let people know the critical rule of threes and when in doubt, bail out. I think that's that's a fantastic way to put it. It doesn't just apply in a wilderness situation. It can apply in any situation in your life. It can apply in business. It can apply in a suburban or an urban context. It can apply when you have plans to go to your local coffee shop and a few things go wrong. So that's great. Anything else here, Craig? Yeah. Last thing I would like to say here, guys and gals is we're, we're sharing books and, and stories from other people. Just what we, what our intent is to keep sharing information. And at some point in time, one of these things is going to go, wow, that really makes perfect sense to me. You're going to think that to yourself and you're going to pick up that book. We don't expect you to pick up every single book we read from. Uh, but our hope is we have a, we're beginning to get a, a significantly sized audience and we just want to meet the needs of everybody. Um, but, but obviously the root of what we do here 
can be found in our tiny survival guide. We talk about it all the time, but it's a good resource for proactive training. It's a good resource for uh, reactive uh, answers to problems just to jog your memory on land nav or edible plants or any number of things. So check the tiny survival guide out on Kickstarter. It's, it's doing really well. So we hope you check it out. Yeah, and I'll just, I'm just going to close this out here, Craig. So with the tiny, tiny survival guide, you can get it on Kickstarter. We're going to be shipping those late April, sometime in May. But I want to let you guys know, since you're listening, if you're in our 15 or $25 a month Patreon levels, we are shipping. I've got a limited number of pre-production models. I mean, they are what's going to be shipped, but I had some samples made for the media and stuff. I have some of those left over. You can get those now. Like we, we ship every Friday. So you can go over to Patreon, check out the different levels, all the cool stuff over there. But you can also get the Tiny Survival Guide and the Tiny Survival Card shipped on Friday to you. But here's what here's the cool thing. This is all free, right? So please subscribe to the podcast now. It is free. Free, free, free. Did I say free? <laughs> so if you like what we're doing, just go ahead and do that. Please share it with your friends and go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. You can give us a five-star rating anywhere you listen. But we say iTunes a lot because there's a lot with... Uh, with the way this all works and how you gain an audience and iTunes is just kind of the behemoth of podcast places, uh, Apple podcasts. So five-star rating over there means a whole lot to us. Just go over to www.thesurvivalshow.com. That'll kick you over to Patreon and you can see all the cool stuff we have over there. A lot of cool stuff, right, Craig? A lot of cool stuff. So check it out, you all. We'd love to have you there. We're doing this for you all. It's not for us. I feel pretty cool about what I can do. Um, but uh, definitely by having all these guests on and continued to shows put together and ready for you guys, I'm learning right along with you all. And we're throwing all that, well, we're throwing a ton of stuff over on Patreon so you can check it out, as well as the show notes here on the Survival Show. Okay, so all right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Survival Show podcast. Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>